Production. Recorded live. Welcome to Evolution Revolution with Dulcinea. It is Thursday, September 25th, 2008. Meditation is the opportunity to go within and discover the true essence of one's eternal being. Peace, joy, clarity, truth, love, and abundance. Take time to look within and explore the inner treasure chest of infinite love and light awaiting you in the present moment. Evolution Revolution is focused on offering the listeners intuitive and balanced information that fosters transformation both personally and globally, ultimately raising the consciousness on planet Earth. I am a metaphysician, clairvoyant and clairaudient intuitive, a writer, public speaker, PR and marketer, personal advisor to visionaries, leader and spiritual teacher. Please explore more on my website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com or www.dulcineasdivinevision.com. Thank you for joining the show this evening, wherever you may be listening. Tonight on Evolution Revolution, I am honored to have an appearance from Sarah McLean, recently featured in the New York Times and quickly becoming recognized as the face of mainstream meditation. Sarah is the director of the Sedona Meditation Training Company, which inspires speakers worldwide to take time out for time in through meditation. Phoenix Women calls Sarah an inspirational and dynamic teacher. She is recommended by Deepak Chopra and recently won the 2008 National Association of Women Business Owners Entrepreneurial Excellence Award in the Trailblazer category. Sarah's experience is vast. In addition to her 18-year meditation practice, she was the founding education director of Deepak Chopra's Mind Body Healing Center, directed Byron Katie's School for the Work, and assisted Seat of the Soul author Gary Zukov. She was even a medic in the U.S. Army who treated post-traumatic stress disorder. Sarah has explored world spiritual traditions. She's been in it a two-year resident in a Zen Buddhist monastery, lived in an ashram in India, taught English to Tibetan Buddhist nuns, bicycled along the Silk Route through Pakistan, and trekked the Golden Triangle in Asia. Sarah distills her diverse experiences and perspectives to create programs that take the mystery out of meditation. She shares the multitude of benefits of meditation and makes it easy and inviting for anyone seeking to learn to go within. She facilitates aha moments for her students in classes, workshops, and retreats throughout Arizona. Sarah is a frequent guest on Arizona TV's AM Arizona and KTVK's Your Life A to Z. She is a sought-after presenter on the subjects of meditation, stress reduction, and self-awareness. Welcome, Sarah, to Evolution Revolution. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for joining us tonight. So how has meditation positively impacted your life and led you to your current experience as the director of the Sedona Meditation Training Company and as a renowned speaker on the topic of meditation? Well, to to name the renowned speaker, I actually was scared to death to speak in public. That's the first thing meditation helped me to do was to become a lot more self-confident and to uh, be what's called self-referral. I don't know if you've heard of that word. It's it's one that Deepak Chopra uses quite a bit. It's 
it's the opposite of referring to objects and people and other people's opinions about yourself. Self-referral really means um, trusting your own being, trusting your own intuition, trusting your sense of right and wrong, trusting who you are outside of other people's ideas of right and wrong and, and good or bad. And I think that is probably the, the primary experience for me that's my primary benefit, I'd have to say, of meditation is the experience of being completely trusting myself, completely self-referral. And I've noticed it in other people as, as well. And I also, so that was the first thing. And I also think, um, for me, meditation has helped me to maintain um, a sense of calm throughout my life, which has been very busy, as you just recently explained, with the different things I've done. But it helps me to maintain a sense of well-being no matter what is going on. I mean, I have a perfect example of that. Um, it's a sense of, I, I was actually driving once from the Zen Center in California to the Chopra Center to do some work there. And I kept hearing an internal voice saying, pull over, pull over. And I, and I didn't know what was, talk, what was happening and who was talking to me, and I was just ignoring it. And I was in the fast lane driving south on the I-5, and I kept hearing, pull over, pull over. So I compromised and pulled into the slow lane. And and as I was there, all of a sudden, as soon as I reached there, my the car I was driving started to spin across the highway towards the fast lane. And I remember this sense of calm and peace as I spun across the three lanes and dodged all the other cars coming. And as my car straightened out and actually faced the direction I was driving in off to the left of the fast lane, there was a total sense of calm and total sense of surrender and I think that meditation really attributed to not only listening to my intuition, but to that sense of totally being at peace no matter what is going on. And I know that's an extreme example, but that is really, I was just recently telling a friend about that, and that is really the sense that I have throughout my life now. And I can't say it was always like that. Yes, I can't agree more. That Just that inner sense of there's something bigger managing the situation. There's a calmness that there's a, a bigger picture occurring in the moment. <laughs> I, yeah, and exactly. And I think it also what happens over time, and it's subtle and it can't and isn't done through positive thinking, is that the story that we tell ourselves about our life, that things are happening to us and we have to deal with this situation, we're having to put up with these people, what happens as we meditate is this subtle shift, sh subtle yet very powerful shift, which moves us towards um, believing or knowing that the universe is on our side. So everything is now happening for us. So it's a shift that happens. And I, like I say, it's not through positive thinking. It's through experience. It's through willingness, faith, and trusting our experience. And it's that shift from things are happening to us to things are happening for us. And I have to say that's another huge thing that happens. And so these things can't be learned by, by really talking about it. Um, I can describe the benefits. It's almost like right now I'm, I'm, um, there are a lot of pears in my backyard. We grow a lot of fruit. And right now in Sedona, Arizona, there's, it's pear season. And the pears are in abundance on the trees. And, and I could tell you and describe to you all day long what the pears look like, what they smell like, how they taste, the texture, the sound, and all of that. But, and as we talk about it, you'll never really have the experience of the pear. 
And that's the same thing with meditation. I find that there are a lot of people who give it a lot of lip service, but yet it really requires the practice of it in order to gain the benefit of it. I absolutely agree that it's the experience. I know for myself, I'll share a little story. When I was 19, I was in um, just traditional college and I was in a psychology class. My teacher happened to be a hypnotherapist. And it was in the mid um, term of the spring semester. And I was really stressed out. And I was just like, universe, I need help. Like, give me tools to manage this. I'm just completely overwhelmed. And, and so uh, it was real interesting. She offered a free hypnosis workshop at school, at the college. And then she was going to do a weekend event um, for students who were further interested. So of course I went to the class, or the one at school, and it was fantastic. I was just enthralled. I thought, now this is going to change my life because for the first time my mind is getting out of the darn way. <laughs> and so then I signed up for the, you know, the full weekend. And within two weeks my grandfather passed away. And had I not been given those tools to meditate and go within and just tap into the stillness and the eternal, that eternal love, I would have not been able to manage that change so effectively. That is, it, it is a great tool for managing change. And also, your story reminds me a little of my story I had recently. My father had um, dementia, severe, severe dementia, and I had to go get him he lived in Washington, D.C., and I brought him out to live with me in Arizona. And I took care of him as much as I could, but it, it eventually got to the point where he didn't know who he was and who I was. And, and it got to a point where he was always in the present moment, but he didn't know what objects were for, what things were for. It was almost as if he was in that place of total presence and awareness and, and non-doing, which is something what some people strive for in meditation. But he also had no memory of the past. He had no aspirations for the future. And I ended up putting him into um, an assisted living place. And I would go visit him, and there was not a lot of conversation to be had. A little, you know, I'd, I'd talk to him a little bit, but there was no relating on the linguistic level because he, the words just were sounds to him and didn't mean anything. And so what I ended up doing, and it took me a while, believe me, and I'm actually really surprised that as a meditation instructor, it took me as long as it did. But I ended up, after a while, instead of sitting there trying to make sense of things for him, I ended up just sitting with him and meditating with him. And like you said, it helped you to get in touch with that eternal love and that eternal spirit. It helped me to get in touch with that which was present within him during the time that he was alive, but couldn't, I couldn't communicate with me on the level of, of language of language of, you know, the intellect. So it was just a beautiful experience. So when I'd go in to see him, there was a reason to be there. There was a reason to sit with him. And there was one time that I sat with him, and my husband's also a meditator, so we'd sit together with him. And I would seek to make sure, you know, he wasn't miserable or he was comfortable. And I just kind of opened my eyes and took a glance at him. And he was sitting up in bed, bright-eyed, with a giant grin on his face, and it was so heartwarming <laughs> to know that somehow he was being touched at such a deep level and it was beyond words. And that's what meditation does is it takes us to that place that is beyond roles and responsibilities and form and phenomenon. It helps us to transcend our environment and our bodies and our egos and our who we think we are. And it takes us to that place of pure love, of 
of soul or spirit that is universal and interconnected and harmonious and nourishing. And so when I was with him, this is where we connected. It was beautiful. That is so amazing, and it's just so phenomenal to hear you share that so that people can grasp that others who are going through that experience, because as you know, that's more prevalent in today's society, they can seek for that non-language understanding, exactly. that non-verbal understanding that's divine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's wonderful. So what are some other grounded reasons, in addition to what that, that core reason of connecting with our higher eternal being, but what are some more grounded reasons that people seek out meditation to help them function maybe in their daily lives or manage stress or, or, or just other aspects like that? What are some, some of those reasons that people call you and connect with you? Well, usually people call me when they're going through some form of transition, whether it be their kids just went to college and they've got the empty nest syndrome, or they found out they have cancer, or their blood pressure is too high, or they're suffering from some sort of depression, or they're going through a divorce, or they're changing jobs. It's usually a transition experience, although that being said, there are those seekers, or, or finders I like to call them, that, are, that come occasionally as well. But I've got to say, uh, stress is probably the reason for about 80% of all doctors' visits. And it was a lower uh, percentage before. But if you take a look at our number one industry besides the um, war industry, it's the pharmaceutical industry. And if you look at what they are selling, every single month millions of people head to the pharmacy to pick up a prescription to manage some form of a chronic condition that is exacerbated or caused by stress. So I'm talking about things like indigestion, insomnia, arthritis, high blood pressure, heart disease, um, strokes, um, let me see, anxiety, depression. All of these things are due and exacerbated by stress. Now, stress is a word, it's short for the word distress. And it could be, it's also short for the word eustress. And stress describes two things. It describes the stimulus that creates a response in the body, like, like a stressful car ride or, or a stressful job, that's the stimulus. But the response in the body is also called stress. Some people respond to things differently, but there are some basic responses that are caused in high levels of stress, the fight-or-flight response, which was coined in the early 1900s. And when we have a very stressful experience, the fight-or-flight response is kicked in. And what happens is, we begin to sweat, our circulatory patterns change, and our our blood moves into our arms and our legs so we can run or fight. Our platelets, which are the sticky, clotting blood cells, start to get stickier. So if we do get injured, we don't bleed to death. Our blood pressure gets higher. Our cortisol levels, which are the stress hormones that are uh, manufactured by the adrenals, they go way up. Um, the adrenaline levels go way up as well. And we get, and our immune system is somewhat depleted. And this happens instantly. It happens in the old part of our brain, gets the stimulus, and starts to send out this wave of chemicals and reactions throughout our body. Now, this is a very appropriate response if, in fact, you're walking across, you know, the lawn and you see uh, a snake. I live in Arizona. There are no lawns, but there are plenty of snakes. So 
Um, if you if I'm walking across my backyard and I see a snake, if the immediate response is something along the lines of what I just described. However, when the information moves from the old part of the brain to the neocortex, neo meaning new part of the brain, and I realize, hey, that's not a snake, that's a rope, my body has already gone undergone that entire change. Now, this is true for for any situation. It's this automatic fight or flight response, but unfortunately, it's not that effective if we are stuck in traffic or if we get too many emails or if our boss yells at us if we get a, into a fight with our partner. You know, it's not helpful to have the blood pressure get to go up or to have the heart rate go faster, to start to sweat or to have more cortisol levels go into our bloodstream. And so what happens, though, is are, these are the reasons why our bodies are undergoing so much stress and undergoing so, much chronic, so many chronic conditions. So the perfect antidote to stress, and of course I'm going to tell you this being a meditation teacher, but the perfect antidote to stress is meditation because meditation lowers the blood pressure, lowers the respiration rate, lowers the body temperature, calms the body down, lowers the cortisol levels, um, brings the blood sugar back into balance, brings the circulatory pro um, process back into balance. So the blood that was at first digesting your lunch that moved to your arms and your legs so you could run is now back digesting your lunch. And so the thing is, that is what causes all those indigestion problems. And also what happens is that immune response gets um, overtaxed and it's not able to respond quickly to disease or chronic conditions. So when we meditate, they've actually found that it increases the immune response. And recently in July, um, UCLA discovered that meditation actually stimulates um, health in the T cells, which fight HIV. So they've actually found that meditation has been proven now to fight HIV. They've already found that meditation helps to fight um, the flu and helps to create more immunity towards the flu. But they're finding this more and more and more. And, of course, there's not a lot of money at this point um, for these alternative methods Sure, sure. But um, more and more, it's becoming, it's becoming proven to work. Now, there are so many different kinds of meditations, and people say, hey, I don't think I can meditate. My mind's so busy. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people think it's not going to work for them, and they'd rather take a pill. Culturally, they'd just rather take a pill. But um, I think as the research catches up with the, the chronic conditions that all of us are suffering as the baby boomers age and people are really concerned about longevity and health in general, um, I think it's getting more and more notice. Thank goodness. I couldn't agree with you more, and I'd like to validate that there is a, an increasing amount of evidence suggesting that there are physiological advantages from meditation. And, it's, and you know, I've found that a lot of them are coming from Europe. Yep, that's true. A, a lot of the research comes from Europe. And I know in the States we do do some, but of course we have some conflict of interest with some of our, you know, huge conglomerates financially. So I know that we don't necessarily always get all that information, but again, we can just simply return to the experience and just allow the scientific evidence to be in the background. And and just again, take take the experience of meditation into our own lives and and just really digest those benefits. And you know, what would you recommend for someone who's just entering the realm of meditation? What would you recommend they do just to begin? What's, what are some, a few, three or four tips just to, to initiate that process? 
Okay, well, the first thing I would suggest is definitely just do it. I mean, really, I, I really look at meditation. And now, I don't forget, I live in Sedona where people are looking for and they're looking for connection with their animal totems or their spirit guides or their past lives or some fascinating experience in meditation. And I think that is probably the primary myth that meditation is supposed to lead you to some, you know, fascinating, exciting, out-of-body, wild experience. And the truth is, meditation is is not exciting normally. I mean, it can feel good, but I look at meditation a lot more like brushing my teeth. I do it every single day. Talking about it, it doesn't work. I do it every single day. When I do it, I'm not looking for a fabulous experience, although some days brushing my teeth feels really, really good, and then some days I'm just doing it and just to get it done. And it has benefits right off the bat. I feel better. My teeth feel clean. I have better breath. And it also helps to prevent disease in the future. Now, I know that doesn't sound very romantic, and there's a lot of romanticism associated with meditation. But if we put it, if we look at it like um, one of our morning rituals, do it in the morning first thing before we eat, before we check our emails, before we take the dogs for a walk, before we talk to our kids, you know, before we do any of that, if we can just get up, go to the bathroom, get right back into our meditation seat. And the trick is to be comfortable. It doesn't matter if you're sitting like a yogi or not. That may come in time, but it doesn't really matter. If you're in a comfortable position, that's primary. Sit in a place where you're relatively undisturbed. Tell people that you're busy. Turn your cell phone off. Turn your TV off. Turn your iPod off. Turn your computer off. Turn your dogs off. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, so I sit there in relative silence with no music. People say, should I meditate with music? No, we're turning our attention inward. Find something to focus on, whether it be a breath, you're count- feeling your breath, or counting your breath, or you can use a mantra, or even something as simple as uh, the, the relaxation response, which has been sort of taught by uh, Herbert Benson at Harvard, he uses just the word one, repeating that as a mantra. Now, I don't find that as effective as some of the other mantras that I've used, but it is certainly effective. And again, there is no goal in meditation other than to do it, like brushing your teeth. You're doing it to brush your teeth. I mean, the goal is to get your teeth clean, but you do that simply by brushing your teeth. So whether your goal in meditation is to reduce stress, or is to become more clear about who you really are and what you really want, or is to um, help you to get more in tune with your intuition, or to even use it on, on the level of creating a life you want and accessing it through the laws of intention and desire, whatever the reason that has brought you to sitting down and doing the meditation, that will happen. That intention, just by sitting down and doing it, will manifest over time. So trying to meditate, is is not a good thing to do. We don't want to ever effort or or concentrate or force the experience. We simply sit down, ideally with our eyes closed or at a very um, open, just minimally, staring down at the ground with a gaze that's unfocused on the ground or with the eyes closed. Either one works. In a comfortable position, in an undisturbed place. And the only other, well, there's two other things I would definitely recommend. Um, two, the two things would be, first, determine before you start the meditation process 
how long you want to meditate for. For instance, if you know that you have to be in work, at work or leave for work in 10 minutes, then only meditate for five. If you know you've got an hour, then choose to do it, I'd say choose to do it up to a half an hour a day. And the reason I say that because the mind is really active. We have 60,000 thoughts a day. And when we're meditating, one of the many thoughts will be, should I really keep meditating? This isn't really going that well. Maybe I should stop meditating. No, this is feeling pretty good. Maybe I'll meditate another 10 minutes. No, I forget it. I should only meditate for five more minutes. So that conversation can be very distracting. So ideally, when you sit down to meditate, you determine how long you want to meditate for before you begin the meditation, and then stick with it. And then the last part is, after the meditation period's over, to sit with your eyes closed, even if you don't feel subjectively that you went very deep, sit with your eyes closed or semi-closed for about two minutes before you get up and walk around. And this is because when we meditate, we're actually in a different state of consciousness. Just like there's a difference between sleeping and dreaming, the brainwave activity is different, the, the body's um, having different blood pressure and heart rates. Just like the difference between deep sleep and waking state, there's a difference in the body's uh, physiolog physiological response. It's the same thing with meditation. You're actually in what's called a restful alertness response, which means the body is extremely rested. The blood pressure is low, the respiration rate is low, the pulse is low, and the brain waves are functioning at a very um, restful state. So even if we think subjectively, all I did the whole time was plan my dinner party, even if that's what you think you did in meditation, still take the two minutes to come out of meditation slowly It's because it will just help your physio physiological um, integration. To really reap the benefits. Yes, and it's all about eventually, you know, you've heard a lot about the word mindfulness. That word mindfulness, you know, it's a form of a meditation. You can sit silently and watch your breath for a period of time. John Kabat-Zinn has written a lot about mindfulness. He's at the University of Massachusetts Medical Center and talks about the mindfulness technique. But the ultimate goal is to bring that sense, sort of the inward experience, being completely aware of the experiencer in the midst of experience. So mindfulness is being completely present in the moment with what we're doing. And the practice of that through meditation helps to then integrate it into our activity. Powerful. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're changing lives with what we've just mentioned here. Oh, and speaking so. of that, I would love if you would leave a, lead us through maybe a 20-minute meditation to allow people, if you're open, to just really experience what we're talking about. We can give them a moment to adjust, and then, of course, they can always download this for a repeat experience in the archives. Okay. and in iTunes, and I'll just allow you to lead us as, as you desire. Well, my thought is for the first experience, just so people uh, don't get fidgety and decide they want to, you know, go check their emails or whatever, I think it, it would be ideal to do a 10-minute initial meditation if that would work. Great. Okay. Sounds and, wonderful. And um, I'm going to use a combination of some of the things I use in some of my retreats and we also have a group meditation that I lead a lot of our students in, and I'll use some of those um, questions and guidance 
during the meditation for that. So are you ready for this then? I am ready. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so ideally um, just check your environment and make sure that your cell phone's turned off and you've turned your music down and maybe you uh, close your door and put whatever non-meditating animals are out, put them outside the room and um, try to get in a fairly comfortable position. Now, there are some traditional positions, as I had mentioned before, the traditional lotus posture. Some people say, oh, meditation's so relaxing, I think I'll lie down. But ideally, it's best to be sitting up, kind of heaven, on, heaven and earth with the spine, you know, head up to the heavens and the spine down to the earth. And this helps to keep us alert and relaxed. So if, if everybody can take a moment and get completely comfortable, And I'll do the same here. And close your eyes for this one and allow your hands to be completely relaxed and rested on your lap. Some people prefer their hands to be face up. Some people prefer them to be face down. It's up to you. And as you meditate over time, you'll find whatever the most comfortable position is for you. So in your meditation seat, begin to become aware of your body. Feel how you're completely supported by your chair or your sofa or your headboard on your bed. Let yourself completely relax. Before we begin our meditation, I'd like to begin with asking a few questions. So I'll say the questions, and I'd like you to repeat them to yourself silently. And don't try to answer them. Simply just ask the questions. And over over time, the answer will meet the question. It may not happen in meditation. It may happen as you're cooking dinner or taking a walk or driving. But when we begin to ask these questions, we start to stimulate or we start to activate the universal intelligence. And we'll start to hear the answers. So the first question to ask yourself is, who is the one sitting here? Who am I? So, Silently repeat the questions to yourself slowly a few times, and then listen. Who is the one sitting here? Who am I? Ask yourself the question, what is my heart's desire? What do I really want? You might not know the answer to this. Just simply repeat the question silently and listen.
little deck question. Ask yourself, how can I serve my family, my community, with my talents? How can I help? of any questions and any answers you might have heard. Bring your attention once again to your body. Sure again that you're completely comfortable. Begin to notice any tension you might have in your face, eyes, and your mouth, forehead, your scalp. Let go of any tension neck and your jaw. Allow your shoulders to move back and down, away from your ears. Any tension in your upper back? Your belly be soft and open. Relax your hips. Relax your thighs and calves. Relax your arms completely and let your fingers be completely relaxed. Be in this state of complete openness and softness, sense, sense of being receptive. Always come back to this sense of relaxation, that the body's always in the present moment. Never in the future, it's never in the past, it's always right here. Great way to anchor your attention in this moment. Begin to feel the movement of the breath as it enters and leaves your body. Notice the sensation of the cool air as you inhale through your nostrils, moves into your lungs, chest rises and your belly expands. As you exhale, belly collapses, the chest falls, and now warmer air out of your nostrils. Rest your attention on the flow of the breath without trying to manipulate it or control it in any way.
Feel the inhale. Turns around into the exhale. Notice that space. Exhale. Everyone has thoughts. So whenever you notice your attention is no longer on your breath, away into a noise, into the attracted to a noise in the environment, physical sensation, moves into the planning stages. Whenever you notice your attention is moved away from your breath and the sensation of the breath, simply return your attention back to the breath. You don't have to control or manipulate the breathing. Simply, whenever you notice your attention drifted away, make a choice. Relation of the breath, the space between the inhale and the exhale. Meditate. You might notice your breath gets faster or slower, or it might even stop for a moment. Simply allow your breath to continue naturally. that you're focused on a feeling or a mood or you're waiting for some experience to happen, treat this as you would any other thought and simply return your attention easily back to the breath. No need to beat yourself up. Simply and gently return your attention back to the breath over and over if you have to. Continue like this for a few more minutes. Simply watching the breath, feeling the breath, noticing the body movements with the
space between. Now bring your attention into your heart. Become aware of the area around your heart, the center of your chest. Warmth or a tingle. Your awareness from your head. to breathe easily and effortlessly. Bringing every breath into that space. Ask yourself what you'd like to grow in your life today. Would it be joy or peace? After health, healing, whatever quality you'd like to your attention on and have influence your life more today, bring that awareness into your heart along with that quality. Like a mantra, simply repeating silently the word to yourself. your attention in your heart. Begin to think of others that you'd like to give this quality to, those in your, ho- in your home with you or your family members, people in your community. Gift this quality to those in your city. those brothers and sisters around the world. Offer them this gift you'd like to increase in your life. Get out with every exhale.
now with your eyes closed. Your attention. Breath. Any of the questions that might linger, just sit silently in the stillness. it. Pass through your nose. Wiggling your fingers and stretch a little bit. Fill in the silence and the stillness. You even want to add a prayer. deeper breath. There's no rush. Time. Easy downward gaze. Feel comfortable with that. Slowly begin to open your eyes all the way. Fully integrate. How was that for you, Dulcinea? That was fantastic. <laughs> very, very grounded and centered. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what <welcome>. a gift. <laughs> it's yummy. 
I, it's a it, gift it, for me. It's a gift for me to get to do it daily. You know, to be able to take people there and having people willing to go there. You know, it's to be able to have that opportunity. You are definitely of service at this time in the evolution of humanity and really bringing us back into the silence to allow us to grab the higher consciousness as a larger conglomerate. You know, it's it's available to every single person. You don't and you can't think your way there. I saw a meditation bumper sticker that said, Meditation, it's not what you think. It isn't. It's not what you think. It's what it's an experience. It's an experience. And, you know, there are no right or wrong experiences. There are no good or bad meditations. Again, back to the teeth brushing, which is so simple, but, you know, the only way you can really do it wrong is to try too hard, brush your teeth too hard, or not do it long enough. (laughs) So so really it's uh, just doing it simply, easily, effortlessly, regularly, without too much expectation, without too much pressure. And it's a, it'll unfold naturally. The thing is, if you look at our bodies, we're really designed to completely identify the, the objects outside of ourselves. You know, we're going to smell them, taste them, touch them, touch them, see them, and hear them. And so it's charming out there. And rarely are we trained in our culture to take a time out for a time in. And you know there are there is a little bit of that in prayer and in religious practice, but really most of us do not have the experience of sitting down with our eyes closed. It's a rare thing. I mean, if you do it in an airport, uh, if I do it in an airport, people stop me and say, "What are you doing?" You know, they wouldn't stop me if I was sitting there completely with my eyes open, but they they really want to know what am I doing? It somehow is disturbing to people that I'm just sitting there with my eyes closed, completely happy. So it's still not really integrated in our culture, but fortunately the benefits are really illustrating that meditation is helpful. It will help to create health and harmony. And my favorite poem, because I've often tried to change people's minds, you know, by talking them out of something or into something, and I know that doesn't really work. And so time after time I'm reminded of this um poem by Lao Tzu, which says, in order to have peace in the nation, there needs to be peace between countries. In order to have peace between countries, there should be peace in the cities. In order to have peace in the cities, there needs to be peace between neighbors. In order to have peace between neighbors, there needs to be peace in the home. And in order to have peace in the home, there needs to be peace in the heart. And so this is the way to world peace, one nervous system at a time. Yes, we are all one, and when we can foster inner peace within ourselves, we begin to then naturally foster world peace for the larger whole. And we do have, a, we do have influence on our environment. I mean, there have even been meditation studies where someone will be in one room reading a newspaper hooked up to an EEG machine, and someone in the other room will be meditating, hooked up to the same machine, so that when they see the person meditating getting into the alpha and theta wave states through their brainwave functioning, it has a direct effect on the one 
in the other room reading a magazine or newspaper. It has an effect on their brainwave coherence and their brain function, just as if I'm sitting with my father and it has an effect on his sense of well-being. And it's a real experience. We don't just end where our skin is. There's more to us than that, and that's being proven all over and over again as our energy body is a lot bigger than what we see. And life is a lot bigger than what we see. I mean, our senses are constantly lying to us. You probably feel like you're sitting still, you know, and and life is a certain way, but in fact, the uh, earth is rotating on its own axis, and it's revolving around the sun, and our galaxy is expanding, and our universe is expanding, and we're moving quite quickly, but our senses would lie to us. So there's a lot more than meets the eye, but often we're just thinking what we see is reality, and it's just not true, and we have you know, it keeps us from going crazy, obviously. I don't want to be moving at lightning speeds while I'm sitting still <laughs> and being aware of that. But there is a sense of it's not the it's not the complete picture. We are speaking with Sarah McLean this evening on Evolution Revolution. You can find her on the web at www.sedonameditation.com. Again, that's www dot sedona meditation dot com. You can also link up to Sarah through the Evolution Revolution homepage at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. Also, you can find Sarah's upcoming events on her webpage under events. And I think it also says upcoming schedules, but I know the events keys cue for me. Yes, schedule of events and registration is the exact So coming up in Sedona, Arizona, Saturday, October 4th from 9.30 to 12, there's a meditation for beginners. On Sunday, October 5th in Scottsdale, Arizona, from 9.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., there's a primordial sound meditation workshop. And then coming up on Tuesday, October 7th at 9 a.m., there's a TV appearance on Arizona Family Channel 3, Your Life A to Z. On October 9th through 12th, there's a Thursday through Sunday event, the Inward Bound Retreat for Inner Peace and Strength. Who doesn't need that? (laughs) And that will be held (laughs) in Utah at the Red Mountain Spa. You can call 1-877-246-HIKE to register. And also, Sarah's signature retreat in November, the Radiance Retreat. You can make sure to look up that. That is, again, her signature retreat for the year. And you can find out more information on her website at www.sedonameditation.com under Schedule of Events and Registration. And also, be sure to check out the Reading List and Resources tab for an abundance of articles, resources, including the research on meditation. Meditation is a multifaceted tool that can lead a person on an inner journey of higher awareness to still the mind and rest the body. Whether meditation is used for deep personal growth or as a daily well-being tool, its offerings are divine, a glimpse into the eternal aspect of one's higher being, offering an alignment with the deepest truth of who one is and has always been. Become empowered today and incorporate meditation into your life to experience a greater sense of balance, inner peace, 
and a renewed appreciation for life's abundant, miraculous offerings. Next week, on October 2nd, Robert Bruce will offer his thorough look into the heavenly astral realms in his rich and powerful book release, Astral Dynamics. On October 9th, Dr. Susan Carroll with her enlightened book, Visions from Venus, A Multidimensional Love Story. Susan offers a look into the higher dimensions and how they appear on Earth in times of great transition and transformation through a real-life story as well as she'll share some of her new teachings from the Arcturians about moving into the process of awakening into one's light body. On October 16th, Robert Schwartz will be appearing with his wise and insightful perspective on pre-birth planning or spirits look at the events and people that one will experience during their human existence through revealing true stories and a strong emphasis on Robert's personal experience in the book release, Courageous Souls, Do We Plan Our Life Challenges Before Birth? On October 23rd, Dr. Amit Goswami will radiate his deep universal wisdom and scientific knowledge of physics and the quantum worlds, offering expanded consciousness and divine awareness in his revolutionary book release, God is Not Dead, what quantum physics tells us about our origins and how we should live. Dr. Goswami was also featured in the epic movie release of 2005, What the Bleep Do We Know? On October 30th, Barbara Hanclough will offer a look into the higher realms with her multidimensional expertise and revolutionary concepts from her book release, Alchemy of Nine Dimensions, Decoding the Vertical Axes, Crop Circles, and the Mayan Calendar and from her vast array of enlightened teachings, also to include her book, The Mayan Code. On November 6, 2008, Chrissy Blaze will appear to discuss her latest astrological book release, Baby Star Signs, who portrays the new children of today as quote-unquote old souls who have come here during the crossroads to shift humanity to enlightenment during its evolutionary development. On November 13th, Barbara Marks Hubbard, a leading pioneer of conscious evolution, will be appearing with her expansive consciousness and meaningful book release, Conscious Evolution, Awakening the Power of Our Social Potential. On December 4th, please join me with Albert Clayton Golden and his authentic perspective in his re-release by Simon & Schuster of his book, You're Not Who You Think You Are, A Breakthrough Guide to Discovering the Authentic You. Albert will bring a new lens to authenticity and expand your horizons. On December 11th, Chrissy Blaze will be reappearing with another astrological book release, Superstar Signs, Sun Signs of Celebrities, Heroes, and You. Join us as we delve into the astrological realms and discover our true nature. On December 18th, Jerry Wenstrom will be appearing with his passionate warrior story of transformation during his personal spiritual journey in his long-lived book, The Inspired Heart, and Artist's Journey of Transformation. On January 1st, 2009, Richard Lawrence will appear on Evolution Revolution with a two-hour New Year's special. During the first hour, Richard will guide you to unlock your psychic powers with his latest book release, And during the second hour, Richard will unveil the mysterious truth about UFOs. We really look forward to you joining us for a most special New Year's 2009 broadcast of Evolution Revolution. On January 8th, Eliza Matadalian will offer her wisdom and healing teachings that offer a refreshing perspective on healing and enlightenment, focusing on the transformation into the bliss and awe of one's divinely true being and her wondrous book release, In Search of the Miraculous. Healing into Consciousness. 
On January 15th, Bob Gedlin will offer his expertise and wisely examine the inaccuracies of the major belief systems and their contaminants in his latest book release, The Mental Environment, mostly about mind pollution. Warning, be prepared to assess your beliefs and their derived sources. On January 29th, Egan Sanders will appear with his fascinating new book release, The Magic Box, an inspiring true story about the mysterious process of how our deepest desires come into being via the law of attraction and includes a how-to guide to manifesting your heart's desires. On February 19th, Karen Anderson, expert animal communicator, will offer her compassionate insight based upon her unique and talented ability to communicate with animals and their souls while fostering spirit messages and healing, and healing those through her new book release, Hear All Creatures, The Journey of an Animal Communicator. You can purchase all of the author's books featured on Evolution Revolution at www.amazon.com or link up to their individual websites through the Evolution Revolution homepage at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. Please join me in the upcoming weeks on the revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution. Also, please explore the Evolution Revolution archive shows with inspirational authors that can be found on the Evolution Revolution homepage or in iTunes for any time downloading and easy listening. They are available 24 hours a day and include amazing talent such as Jocelyn Chaplin, Michael Tamura, Alan Arcieri, Chrissy and Gary Blaze, Michael Skowronski, Dr. Daniel Condren, Gary Zukoff and Linda Francis, Neil Donald Walsh, Michael Tamura, Charles Virtue, Michael Brown, and more. Please share Evolution Revolution with others who may desire to join us in the future for an enlightening experience. I am a metaphysical teacher, healer, and spiritual counselor who offers clairvoyant readings via phone, allowing me to connect with people anywhere. You can visit my website under the clairvoyant reading page, which includes client testimonials and my contact information. A divine and spiritually enlightening experience awaits you. Also, you can explore my new blog at www.evolutionrevolutionwithdulcinea.com for weekly postings and guest announcements for Evolution Revolution. Co-create with Evolution Revolution. We are seeking partners to help Evolution Revolution evolve and expand to even more people across the globe. If you are interested in partnering and supporting the rapid development of Evolution Revolution, please explore the Radio Sponsors tab at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. I look forward to hearing from you about the infinite possibilities to co-create in the highest light and with the grandest intentions. Thank you for joining Evolution Revolution this evening with my honored guest, Sarah McLean. Thank you so kindly, Sarah, for offering us a fantastic meditation and your expertise this evening. My pleasure, completely. Much gratitude to you for listening and supporting the revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution Radio. I wish you all abundant peace, joy, miracles, and love today and always. Abundant angel blessings. Good night.